Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's list out all the things that keep your heart rate high. Okay, so we'll have sex in a public place, parachute jumping, unhinged, running through the streets in a hospital gown with an erection, insane. It was just relentless. I mean, it felt like a 90 minute panic attack to me, <laughs> this film. It kind of just picks you up and drags you along and throws you around a bit. I do appreciate about this film that they like don't bother to do any plot. No. <laughs> Which I kind of respect. It's just kind of one big action set piece followed by another big action set piece. It's just like, this is what we're doing. We're doing it for 90 minutes. The end. Hello and welcome. Joining Flix Watcher, we have Ellie. Hi. Rob. Hello. And Kobe. How do? And we're going to be discussing Crank. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are Rob and Ellie. Over to you please Ellie to say hello and tell the listeners about your podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. So me and Rob are from Quick Minderpod, which is basically an Icelandic cinema podcast. So we look at Icelandic films from the 21st century. Um, and at the moment, we're looking at films that are coming out in the cinemas in the UK. So that's exciting. But we also look back at some of the best films from the best from the last 20 years or so in Iceland, which is a surprisingly rich vein for such a mm-hmm. small country. Um, Rob's our kind of resident Icelandic expert. I'm our resident Icelandic newbie, know nothing. And so <laughs> we kind of w- work from that basis. And I've just been amazed to find out how much good cinema has come out of one tiny country with such a small population. The quality is pretty insane, isn't it, Rob? It's banging. <laughs> You've also had some some pretty cool guests on as well. More recently, the director of My Year of Dicks. Yeah, we um we have interviewed a couple of Icelandic directors now. And most recently, yeah. Sara Gunnarsdottir, who was nominated for an Oscar, as I said, obviously. And that was for, yeah, the short film My Year of Dicks, which which absolutely should have won short film, mm. best animated short film. 
but didn't. But we absolutely loved it. What else was it up against? It was up against, well, the winner was the, the boy, the horse, the fox, the mole, the Charlie. Mac I quite enjoyed that. What's it over Christmas? Oh. But it was also up against a short film called Ice Merchants, which was sound designed by my school friend who got to go to the Oscars, which is pretty crazy. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Um, so I had two horses in that race. <laughs> did he get Did he get a goodie bag? Yes, but I haven't heard what was in it yet. I'm That's... yet to get the full debrief. That was everybody's number one question, what's in the goodie bag? That's generally one of my life goals is to go to the Oscars and get a goodie bag. Apparently, tried to get into Elton John's party and failed. That was the <laughs> highlight of the evening. <laughs> and who are you exactly? I did the sound design for a short animation. Obviously, that's great still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you'd think Elton would be well up for something sound-wise. <laughs> uh, well, whenever you find out what's in the goodie bag... Because uh, it's supposed to be like thousands of dollars worth of swag, isn't it? Basically, I'll report like, back. Yeah, please do. I mean, when when you say Icelandic cinema, it hasn't really permeated to me. I don't know if it's if it's a general thing, but like Norwegian, Danish. Uh, I'm look, obviously looking at the other Nordic countries here. Maybe not so much Finnish, but they. I've you know, there seems to be a rich scene that we get a bit more of it, or I I receive a bit more of it at least. Um, is that is that fair? That's that's very fair. I've stopped looking in the wrong place. Yeah. No, no, I think you're right. Um, certainly, I was far more aware of Scandi films rather than mm. you know the Nordic, Finland and Iceland. But we're getting more and more. I went on a date once to see Jar City. That was my very first Icelandic film in the UK. Uh, they don't come around that often. Certainly not the cinema. Although mm-hmm. we about to do a an episode on a film called Godland, which is the most cinematic thing you'll see all year. Um, and that is being released at the cinemas. So more and more stuff is coming. Um, and there's mm-hmm. some stuff on the plat- streaming platforms. A lot of what we covered is sort of buy or rent, really. Yeah. Um, and distributors just, they're not sort of, there's too small. They can't get themselves out over here. Um, so if someone wants to help me up, set up a film distribution company for Icelandic films, I'd be well up for that. Well, we've had a chap who was helping helping set, helping to distribute um, Korean films, or was it Japanese films? Oh, cool. Um, Benji, I can't remember what the name was. I can, well, we can connect you. We might have, you might have some tips for you to yeah, help no, that'd be distribute them out. Amazing. Yeah, and he brought, did he bring on Satoshi Kon? That was Satoshi Kon film. Um, the Tokyo Godfathers. Tokyo Godfathers, yeah. Um, so if you listen to that episode, that's um, that's one of them. So it might be able to, it might be a person to connect you with, and you might be able to give you some tips as to how to do that. Here we go, matchmaking on the podcast. But here to talk about films, <laughs> this film this week is your choice, Rob. Can you tell us first of all what it is, why it is, and you have sixty seconds or less before you lose all your adrenaline and die, <laughs> or for the synopsis, whichever comes first. Okay, so am I being timed now, or do I get to introduce no, why? You get to introduce it okay. and, and why. Phew. Um, so <laughs> we are going to talk about Crank, which is the Jason Statham movie from 2006. Uh, why did I choose this? Recently, I saw it pop up on Netflix and I was like, oh, I did watch Gamer, which is a film by the same directors recently, which is a mad film, utterly mm-hmm. bonkers. And I thought, well, maybe Crank is still that and still as exciting as it was when I saw it at 18. Um so, I mean, that's it, really. I just wanted to see how mad it was. 
Sure, fair play. And the synopsis timer starts now. Now I should be able to do this pretty quick. Uh, Jason Statham plays Chev Chelios, a superstar hitman who wakes up one day to find out he's been poisoned and will die within the hour. Unless, that is, he finds a way to keep his heart beating super fast and the adrenaline flowing. What follows is a lot. Chelios wants <laughs> revenge and to keep going until he gets it. Cue 88 minutes of unhinged action, stunts, stimulants, and filming styles. How was that? How much time do I have? That's great. It's good. Yeah, well, you're 30 seconds left. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Time. Um, Ellie, Ellie and Ellie and Helen, have you seen Crank before? Have you heard of Crank before? Um, I'd heard of it. I'd never seen it. I'd actually probably only ever seen one Jason Safe film, which is that one Spy. Oh, um, that's a good one. So yeah. I think this is my second ever Jason Statham film. <laughs> so you missed all of the lock, stock and snatch? Yeah. Seriously? Out for all of that, yeah. Um, I've gone about as far as layer cake into the Guy Ritchie-like um, genre. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, so how is it for your, sec how is it for your second Jason Statham film? Um, so... I'm all for silly all out action. So I really appreciated a slice of silly all out action. I mean, Jason Statham, he does what he does and don't expect any more or any less from him because that's what you're going to get here. <laughs> um, I liked that it didn't take itself very seriously. It was obviously very fast paced. It, I mean, it felt like a 90-minute panic attack to me, this <laughs> film. It was just relentless. The shots, the pace, the music, everything. I guess where I felt disappointed, I guess is the, the word for this film, is that seam of, like, nastiness that is, like, the 2000s nastiness that runs under it, which I kind of forgot existed as a cultural thing. But, you know, like, lazy stereotypes... Women are not portrayed well, um, homophobia, the kind of underseam of that was just a shame. It's a, it's like a product of the time type of thing. But I, there was such just a silly, fun action film in there. And that, for me, just undermined it a bit, um, left a bit of a bit of taste in my mouth. But I loved the set pieces um, and I was, yeah, I was swept along by the silliness of it. Especially the like the hospital sequence, um, I really enjoyed, <laughs> and the, obviously the stupidity of the premise, which is just speed, <laughs> but for a man's heart. <laughs> Helen, uh, I, I saw this at the cinema. Uh, I've seen it a, a few times. Not recently though. So when you picked it, I was very much like, yeah. I wonder how this is going to have aged. And yeah, I mean, everything you've said, it wasn't really acceptable then. And it's definitely not acceptable now. But it is, to quote our editor, in insanely stupid. And there is a lot of fun <laughs> in it. And I was just kind of thinking like, when it came out in 2006, I think action had probably been like a little bit stale and it was kind of like a little bit bloated. And here just came this completely mad stupid film with Jason Statham the English bold guy in it <laughs> playing this kind of like insanely named Chev Chelios character and it just kind of like blew my tiny mind then and I think you can kind of see it's like influence in like the likes of like Deadpool and that kind of thing and like definitely like the the Safdie brothers as well like there's bits and like the influence in like Good Time and like that 
kind of feeling of having like a panic attack while you're watching a film. So it was kind of fun to see a Nokia phone as well. Uh, <laughs> that aged it quite a lot. I was like, oh, wow, it is, it is that old. Um, aside of all like the, yeah, the, 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 the kind of like, oh, yeah, we, we, we don't have that now in film. I think it's still a lot of fun. And yeah, it's just, it's just a bit nuts, isn't it? <laughs> Where do you guys sit with uh, the Staith as a, as an entity, as a, as an action star, as a, as an actor generally? I guess Ellie, perhaps not so much of a fan because you're no. I I like the Stave. I like the Stave. Oh, okay. I'm not sure I'd call him an actor. I think that's a bit generous. <laughs> but as an action star, I I think he's very charismatic and he never takes himself very seriously. Um, like unlike someone like Sylvester Stallone or whatever, who clearly takes himself really seriously. I think yeah. what I like about Jason Statham is there's always like a, a knowing silliness to him. Yeah, I like him. I think this is where that started, though. Like, because he had been quite serious, especially in the Guy Ritchie stuff. And to see him sort of break from those shackles and attempt a bit of humour. Okay, uh, Mm. some of it is quite offensive in this, but um, he does have some good one-liners. And I wouldn't say I'm like a Statham super fan, but he's always good value. He he's great at action. He knows how to hold a gun. He knows how to hold <laughs> a hand that's holding a gun. Uh, yeah. And yeah, he's just he's generally his action films tend to be just good, solid films. Whereas this one is just utterly bonkers, like just guerrilla filmmaking, unhinged, insane. Um, so yeah, I like the Stath. So this film, I think it was what kind of brought him t- to the front. To kind of mainstream because it was in the one with Jet Li, which we reviewed like possibly our second ever film. Wow. Um, and that one he tried to put on an American accent and it was not a good idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember he was in that. That's really bad, isn't it? I'm like, was he yeah, in that? <laughs> he was, yeah, he's definitely, he did, he did some like weird accent, which just like, I think that after that, we'll hire you, but just don't. Just do your, just do a Sean Connery and just be the same accent each time. He's got Don't a great worry about voice. We'll, we'll he's got a great voice. Doesn't match the name Chev Chelios, but that's fine. Well, you know, he's, he's grown he's grown up in, you know, his dad's from, his parents are from somewhere in Latin America and they moved across to London when they were young. That's that's okay. how you explain it away. Um, I don't know if Chev Chelios is a Spanish name or... Ukrainian, I don't know where it comes from, but yeah, it doesn't really match his. But yeah, his. I I don't really, I don't hundred percent get the Statham. I don't. I've got nothing against him, but you know, his line delivery sometimes are like seem a bit weird. Um, he's a good action star, but also not the the best action star. But I'm also I'm like rooting for him each time because I'm like, yeah, fair play, mate. People seem to absolutely love you. Like, keep doing what you're doing. And this one, I can see why you yeah, kind of broke the. Sh- like I said, I think like, it's a good way to say it, break, break the shackles of uh, Guy Ritchie. I think I did actually prefer him in the, in the Guy Ritchie films. I think I preferred him a bit more like restrained, and like taking the mick out of uh, you know the Germans, like you know, mm. like he did in in uh, in Snatch. So I was I was really surprised when he turned out to be this action star, even though I knew he was really athletic because he did that somersault in in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, and he did he used to be a diver, didn't he? Mm. So I knew he had the kind of the body and movement capacity to do it, but I, I would never have guessed he'd be an action star, which is, you know, which is turned out to be in his, him, Jet Li, Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, um, Terry Crews in the same film, and no one's batting an eyelid that he's there. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> fine, sure. 
he's, he's one of the greatest action stars. Um, it's, it's insanely silly, this film. Crazy silly. It kind of just picks you up and drags you along and throws you around a bit and you can't really stop. And some scenes are nonsense. Some scenes are utter nonsense. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you just kind of go with it, don't you? It's true. I, I found, like, oh, and later we'll talk about rewatchability. I watched this twice before we had our chat. Because I couldn't remember a single thing that happened in the first watch. <laughs> it just flies along so fast. I was like, what? I can't even picture a scene. Uh, I can remember him doing stunts now. Um, some great diving off the motorbike, which he apparently did all the stunts himself, which is pretty Really? Amazing. Even the motorbike ones? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it is bonkers. I love it for that. Well, if he did the stunts himself... You're going to give him some extra points. <laughs> no, no. This is probably the large reason why he became the action star because, you know, in the Hollywood circles, if you're working with someone and they just do the business, this is why like Tom Cruise is, I never used to like him, but now, you know, I really do respect him because he does a lot of the stuff and he really supports the other people. Um, but yeah, so if he, if he did the stunts and he's just there on set and really present, I can understand why he's been recommended to the next film and the next film and the next film and people just like, like working with him. And I can imagine he's a really sound guy to hang around and um, have some good crack with. But yeah, yeah, fair play. I do appreciate about this film that like the synopsis of it is a man has to keep his heart rate up or he'll die. And mm. they just haven't, they like don't bother to do any plot no. Apart from that, <laughs> which I kind of respect. It's like, it's just kind of one big set piece, one big action set piece, followed by another big action set piece with no attempt to kind of like develop a narrative around it. It's just like, this is what we're doing. We're doing it for 90 minutes, the end. It's probably like just that they got together. Let's list out all the things that keep your heart rate high. Okay, so we'll have sex in a public place, parachute jumping, um, riding a motorbike, running through the street in a hospital gown with an erection. That's got to keep you <laughs> at heart rate high. Um, and just, let's make a film out of those. Let's make a film out of exactly. this list, guys. <laughs> it is a great list of things, isn't it? Like one of my, one of my things, I just wanted to read a list of the stimulants. Like this film, he's just like, right, I need to stay alive. What can I do? And you've just listed half of them there, Kobe. But the well, yeah. the other half. And Helen said like, the half drugs. Drugs, yeah, <laughs> like many many different drugs. But like nasal spray. Na who'd have thought? Who'd have thought a nasal this spray? Thanks, Chester Bennington. Mr. Was that Lincoln Chester Bennington. Park? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Lincoln Park. Park. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Quite. I just know him from screaming um, in, on MTV too. Mm -hmm. I used to watch that a lot. So in our context, it didn't make any sense. I didn't oh, know. Well, I couldn't have yeah. placed him. Fair enough. Good good supporting cast popping up everywhere. Um, when he's when he's defibbing, uh, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia there, which was pretty cool to uh, see. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously there's no logic to this film, so I'm not sure what a defibrillator would do to a perfectly fine heart. Well, it's obviously not fine, <laughs> but uh, a one that's beating anyway. One Just of the it. things, one of the things I hated the most was was the shots that went like through his chest and then mm. a CGI beating heart oh, was yeah. in there. That made and we had me the pigeon feel one, really, didn't we? yeah, made me feel really <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, we talked, uh, Ellie. You mentioned about the the, the early early noughties of it all, um, mm. and Amy Smart was a was a key proponent of some of these early Nazis films is, hey, you'll turn up and you'll get naked-ish and then we'll kind of not give you anything to do and then off you go. Mm. Yeah. Type piece. And that was, that was, I didn't know she was in this. And when, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, 
No, I know what's going to happen. I'd love to see a remake of this from now and <laughs> see like how they how they would come up with different things that would perhaps not be like so offensive. It'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> They'd still get Jason Statham to play him. They could do like yeah. contemporary same, actors, but yeah, he looks the same. That's true. Um, yeah, it's a shame. A shame about Amy Smart because she was kind of a girl of the moment and. Mm. She didn't really end up doing much after this. And there was a sequel as well, which I have seen, but I can't really remember much. But I think it's a little bit disappointing that they did make a sequel because... So he survives just, falling out of the plane? <laughs> yeah, and the the premise for the second one just was... I think it was just basically he just did loads of stupid stuff to keep his heart going. It was like a mechanical heart or something. Yeah. Yeah. Still a lot of fun. <laughs> but not not as fun i don't think but yeah, um, you can't have everything can you well they tried with this film try to put everything into it but they did it so well like it could easily have been oh let's make it two hours long but they didn't mm. they they managed to keep it for that that nice 88 minutes i just going back to amy smart side she's she's one of those she's alongside like all the girls, all the female actors in um, American Pie, for example, yeah. apart from Alison Hannigan, who had a career beforehand and seems to be doing stuff afterwards, uh, Shannon Elizabeth kind of thing. Um, so there was that kind of, that, that period of time where lady turns up, does a thing mm. with less clothes and you need to do the thing and then maybe come in the sequel and then off you go. Um, but hey, I don't know. As an 18 year old. We'll do better guys. We'll, we'll, Sorry. It was fine. It was, it was great. Yeah. That was an 18 year old. I was like, I'm going to see American Pie like once a week for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then one day I just get to the end and think, I don't, this is stupid. <laughs> no need. No need. <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys want to say before we head to the scores? Oh, I just have to, I have to do a shout out for that absolutely terrible CGI when they're falling out the plane. <laughs> what was going on there? It can't be that yeah. hard. There's a lot of other stuff in this, which presumably is CGI'd, but that was so bad. You said he did his own stunts on that green screen. That's <laughs> yeah. true. I mean, he did hang out of a helicopter. He obviously that, yeah, that looked that was very real. Yeah, that was that was real. The uh, yeah. the falling towards. I'd, the I'd like to know the I'd like to know the the behind the scenes that helicopter scene actually it'll be interesting to know how they did I'm sure obviously there's harnesses involved mm. and stuff but that looks too real yeah cross reference with because what because you had the helicopter scene and then you had the parachute thing and I thought okay they've done something which I've rarely seen in film and parachutes stuff skydiving you see all the time in film and it tends to be a real person but this was really bad um, <laughs> and we've had point break on where we've seen Patrick Swayze do a actually in the air next to Keanu Reeves who wasn't in the air and that was quite a contrast but this just looked the worst <laughs> the I mean worst, I, th- I, I kind of get the impression that it's meant to be a little bit like that because obviously their budget wouldn't have been huge and I think it kind oh, yeah. of fits that tongue-in-cheekness yeah I think that I think that was a lot of the charm of the film as well because it looks like a lot of it was shot on, the, the, on a GoPro the, and yeah, inside the, the Google inside Maps the car zoom stuff. in with the, the copyrighted yeah. Google, Google Maps. Well, this is um, one of the things I was going to say when we get to small screen ability. But like my favourite thing about this film... That's not a word. I'm quite good <laughs> at making it up because my brain functions differently on podcasts for some reason. Um, but like this film, for me, one of the standout things is this is 2006. This is like the dawn of digital filmmaking. Uh, at least sort of mm. handheld digital filmmaking. So there was no budget here. They bought a bunch of cheap cameras 
And then they just went and shot things the way they wanted and could to keep things moving. Like this is the most fast paced kinetic film and the filmmaking does that too. Like apparently, so the directors both were their own DOPs. So they operated the cameras themselves. They were often on skates alongside the action. Like it is, it's, oh, it's wow. mad. Okay. And the, the, the freedom you get with digital filmmaking is amazing. Just unfortunately in 2006, it all looked a bit shit, <laughs> but I really like that about this film. It's like, it's got, it's literally sh shoving all kinds of things at the screen. It's like, yeah, shonky digital. Then you've got quite a nice wide shot. Then you're on CCTV. You've got the Google maps, like you said, Helen. Then you've got random bits where another scene is playing on a wall. You've got like, I mean, everything you could possibly think of is shoved in here, shot from between the legs. It is is mad. Um, <laughs> it's like drinking. It's like drinking a massive slush puppy that's like blue and yellow and pink, mm -hmm. like a big liter of slush puppy all in one, and the brain freeze that you get from it. That is like this film. In that slush puppy, have you have you maintained the layers, or have you got them together, <laughs> mashed them up together, so it just becomes like a a brownie purpley Ugh. sludge? What's mm, what's happening there? That's a good point. In this, I think they're all separate, just to give extra pops of chaos. <laughs> Brain freeze. Get, get brain freeze. That'll sort you out for another five minutes. Okay, with that, guys, let's head to the scores. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. So welcome to the Flix Watcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You can have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Rob, with your recommendability. Yeah, I <laughs> I do really enjoy this film and I want people to watch it and have a good time. Like we discussed, there is a bit of offensive stuff running throughout. So it's quite hard to say, yes, you should watch this without a caveat. The caveat of... Yeah, all the stuff you mentioned at the top, Ellie. But I reckon it's a definite, like, for a pure fun action film, 4.5. Wow. Ellie? Well, I was going to... I was going to basically say exactly the same as Rob there, that it's a recommend, but with a caveat that it hasn't aged well. And as you say, Helen, maybe was never that great for its age anyway. Um, but so I'm going to give it, on that note, a 3.5. I thought going into this recording, you were going to pan this, Ellie, but you seem to have rallied around it a bit yeah. more than I thought. Helen? Um, it's it's kind of like the, the monster slash Red Bull of films, isn't it? It is that that in 88 minutes. Um, I th honestly didn't thought... He, but, like, didn't he one... buy a ton of monster at one point? Am I, did I definitely bought some energy Yeah, drinks. it was definitely Red Bull. Yeah, yeah and some know. weird un un unknown brand and caned it. I was just like watching it going, whoa, like... Not, not for me. <laughs> no, weirdly, I thought my my friend Simon would be into this, and he was like, "Absolutely not, no, ridiculous." And I was like, "What?" So that's kind of like, yeah. So maybe it's not as easy to recommend as maybe I thought it was. Um, but that said, uh, I, if you can kind of, 
take it for what it is and it is completely stupid, then I think you will have a lot of fun and just obviously be prepared that there's some bits that you're just going to be like, no, that wasn't, no. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to give it a very solid four. Wow. I'm going to be the lowest scoring. I'm going to go for 3.1. Um, I've never seen this before. I've always known about it and it's always been... And how did this get made podcasts where I learn actually Crank's name and they keep, they keep talking about it as a film. <laughs> I don't know if they've actually done it as an episode, but I will go back and listen to the podcast feed to see if it was. It's one of those films where I was just like, oh, I get the idea, but also it sounds ridiculous. And every, every clip I'd seen of it didn't make it, didn't endear it to me. But I think lots of people absolutely madly love it. And I can understand why lots of people absolutely madly love it in the same way lots of people absolutely madly love early Peter Jackson bad taste and, and stuff like that because there's that kind of gung-ho nature to the filmmaking and stuff like that um but for me i, probably, I just said look there's there's probably better films out there um so yeah 3.1 better films, no way. <laughs> better films than this 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 is like the the king of its genre there are better films about that, keeping your genre? heart alive <laughs> Bash it crazy is that is that a category in letterbox films or like a playlist Maybe maybe you just had to be there in 2006 and were just a bit kind of bored of what action films were and what films were. And this silly little film came along and did loads (laughs) of weird weird things with cameras and you just thought, yeah, why not? It's great. Yeah. Repeat viewing score, Rob. Uh, Yep. I'm going to go 3.9... I yeah I watched it a couple of times and I did enjoy it both times but it's it's a lot and it's like takes quite a lot out of you um and some of the dialogue is atrocious so I wouldn't be running back to watch it again this year but I could see myself every few years grabbing a couple of beers so yeah three point whatever I said three point eight three point eight sure Ellie um I'm going to go for 2.9. I don't need this level of stress in my life, to be honest. Um, and especially not for 90 minutes at a pop. So I won't probably be returning to it anytime soon. Helen? Yeah, I've seen it a few times. I have to say I haven't seen it for a long time since. So I was like, oh, am I still going to feel the same? And yeah, I think I did. I had a great time. Um <laughs> Am I going to watch it again soon? Probably not. So uh, I'm going to give 3.5. I mean, it's 88 minutes. It's very short. And I mean, I, I kind of like those anxiety-inducing films. I find them I find them quite fun. Yeah, well, that's the Safdie brothers all over, isn't yeah. it? I'm going to go for two. I might watch it again. I can't tell you when that <laughs> might be. Um, but because it's 88 minutes long... You know, it might be one of those things where I just put it on and a line of sofa and expecting to fall asleep at any point uh, from the first, from the moment I press play till, you know, 18 minutes later on. Uh, I think that's the kind of thing. And I wouldn't really mind if I miss any of it. Uh, so, yeah, two. Small screen score, Rob. It is bonkers to look at. And it's not designed, well, it's certainly not shot for the big screen. So small screen is key here, I think. Uh, and like I said, it uses so many different styles I wouldn't want to see it on a much bigger screen than I've got at home, which is where it feels right. It was massive on DVD, so I'm sure there's plenty of people who would agree. Uh, so I'm going to go high again and say 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. 4
And that's not just because I'm trying to make my pick really high. <laughs> no, but we have it quite a lot where films that don't want to say that they're, they're bad, but they're fine on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So that gets a high score for for a for small screen score. You, you know, Rage and Bull, I'm sure would look would get quite good results for everything else, but a small screen score not so much. Yeah. would be quite low. So fair, uh, Ellie. See, I'm going to disagree here. Um, I'm going to give it a 2.5 because I think, having said I don't need any more stress in my life, if you want to watch this, surely you want the like full frontal, pour it <laughs> into your eyeballs, um, stress-inducing level of intensity, which I think you only get from a cinema. Um, you know, you want to hear that CGI heart pumping <laughs> in, um, in surround sound, don't you? So I'm sure they were able to record it in surround sound. <laughs> so I'm going to say 2.5. I think it should be seen on the big screen. I think this would be quite a popular one uh, at the Prince Charles Cinema. Um, yeah, Crank 1 and Crank 2, I'm sure, make would be a good kind of double build that people yeah, could see. I imagine it'd be great with an audience who were, mm. who were on board, going to laugh, going to shout, going to scream. That's, to me, where this seems best placed. Helen. Exactly that. So uh, I, I think I probably did buy this on DVD. It was that kind of DVD that you ended up having. So having seen it both on the big and at home, I think it works fine at home just because the kind of like the digitalness of it is definitely aging it a lot quicker, like as maybe as quick as the Nokia being so in it. Grainy. So <laughs> um, grainy. But it, it's part of its charm. But um I think if you have the opportunity to at least watch it with company, I think necessarily like the big screenness is not too big and it might be a bit like this looks shit, but with more people is definitely the kind of fun way to go because it's, it is just so silly. Uh, so I, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I'm going to give it a, I'm give it a sort of I'll give it a five. Why not? I think it'd be quite fun in the cinema with a bunch of other people who are properly into it in the same way that, you know, people love the room or room. No, but the room. I can't remember which one's one. Room. The room. Uh, you both said different ones there. <laughs> um, not the really depressing one. <laughs> not the really depressing one. The, the really, really stupid one. Uh, the, the stupider than this film. So, yeah, five. I think it's, I watch on my laptop, on my iPad. It's fine. <laughs> um, engagement score. Rob? It's a tricky one, engagement score. Was I engaged? Kind of. I'm sort of just letting it, like Ellie said, just letting it just fly into my eyes. But I wasn't paying that much attention. I couldn't pay that much attention to it. So I'm going to go sort of, I'm going to go three because it's quite easy to, um, I think it would be quite easy to just look away and look back and you've, I mean, you've not really missed a lot. You probably have missed a lot. Yeah, but, but you've missed everything at the same time. Things, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not going to matter, is it? So yeah, three. Ellie. I'm going to give it a 1.8 because you need, you don't, as Rob says, you don't need to have any idea what's happening because all that's happening is he's got to keep his heart rate high. Um, you can look away, someone's been shot, look back, someone else is being shot, all fine. Um, yeah. Helen? 
brutal on these engagement scores. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go four. It's a little bit lower than the first time I watched it, just because I, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what's coming up. But, like, if, you, if you're looking away, you're just going to miss something really, really stupid. And <laughs> you can kind of, like, work out where it's going for sure. But, like, do you, do you, do you want to miss, like, some stupid gory bits with someone's hand like do you want to <laughs> miss some weird stuff with a pigeon like do you want to <laughs> miss the the tourist reaction to people having sex on the street this is the kind of stuff you're going to miss if you're not 100 percent engaged i thought the um because they went back to the people who witnessed the 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 public's sexing didn't they and they're like oh my god i'm so like turned on by it. i'm like what's what is happening in this film <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so four, Helen. Yeah. Uh, two. What? No, 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 it's more than, it's more than two. I, I think I was just kind of like, really? <laughs> it's time. <laughs> really? Is this happening again? <laughs> um, gives us an overall score of 3.38125. Uh, we did mention Letterboxd before, actually, and we should say we've got a Letterboxd account. Keep forgetting to talk about it. Um, and also want to shout out to two people well, three and a half people, two and a half people who have done a better job maintaining the list of films we've talked about than we are doing. So there's a guy called Johnny Moore and uh, John Hall, who've both been tracking our films uh, for a while. So thank you very much, guys, for doing that. It's really <laughs> nice of you to do so. <laughs> but great. we are thank you. going. Yeah, no. Um, and we are at Flix. We just type in Flix Watcher. Go to Letterboxd, type in Flix Watcher. Find us there um, and uh, say hello. I don't know. Can you say hello on Letterboxd? Is it that kind of thing? You can or send a message. It's a people. bit weird, but yeah, you can you can agree or disagree. You can even send send us your review there if you missed out on uh, doing it at the time. We, we love hearing yeah. your thoughts as well. What a great idea. Rob, Ellie, can you tell us where we can find your podcast? Spell it out one last time and say goodbye to the listeners. Yes, we can be found uh, as a podcast, Kvikminderpod, on Twitter and Instagram, at Kvikminderpod. That's K-V-I-K-M-Y-N-D-A-P-O-D. And we're across all podcast platforms. Uh, I'm at RobWatts88 on Instagram and Twitter too, and on Letterboxd, where one of our lovely listeners has actually set up a list of all the films we've covered, which is very nice. Um, mm. So you can get stuck in there and... Please let me know what you think of anything you've watched from our podcast. Too. Are you on Letterboxd as Quickman the Pod? No, we don't have a I don't have a podcast one. I have the Quickminder Pod list, and okay. so does another listener, which is very nice. Probably better updated than mine as well. Mm. I'm on Letterboxd now. Man types stuff into internet on podcast. Um, gotcha. Mm. Jesse Onland is the chap who's tracking your films oh well thank you very much guys thank you very much for joining us thank you very much for bringing crank to me i don't think i would have seen it had it not been for this and I this is why i did the podcast seen it before. i'm shocked well you know stranger things have happened Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thanks for coming on bye bye, bye. bye. enjoyed this episode of flicks watcher podcast why not leave us a five-star review on itunes you can also follow us at flicks watcher pod on twitter and we're at flicks watcher on instagram thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty mighty tunes and rockwood audio editing skills if you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this get in touch with rockwood r-o-k-k wood audio tell them flicks watcher sent you
You just heard a stripped media production.